We take a look at the renowned and somewhat infamous Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest, and we've got an interview with Red Sox outfielder Adam Duvall. It's Wednesday, July 5th. I'm newsletter co-author Eric Fisher, and this is Front Office Sports Today. And now we're going to bring on senior writer Mike McCarthy, who's going to break down what he's been working on here, uh, exploring one of the uh, most uh, time-honored but perhaps a little controversial uh, Fourth of July traditions, the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. Uh, uh, Mike, what did you find out in your reporting? Well, we just did a big feature on the contest, which took place uh, over the weekend, of course, on its natural thing on 4th of July. It really, Eric, it's it's kind of become synonymous with the holiday. I think in sports, if you can have a sporting event that's ingrained into a holiday, you're halfway there. And what I mean is college football and New Year's Day or Thanksgiving in the NFL. And this contest, although disgusting and, and uh, objected to by many has really become synonymous with the 4th of July. Yeah, it's really interesting. And I, and I really sort of do come down personally on one of those who, you know, really is, you know, not a big fan at all here that this is, um, you know, kind of an interesting situation here that it, the, this contest does big numbers for ESPN. They've had it for many years. They're committed for, for many years. Uh, but and I know Major League Eating itself gives a, a, a lot of food to the food banks and trying to address some of the broader societal hunger issues. But at the same time, you know, the NFL is trying to make its sports safer. You know, a lot of motorsports, F1, NASCAR, are really trying to uh, reduce their carbon footprint. We're still talking about a situation here with this uh, contest where the winner is going to take in about a 10, 11 day caloric intake in 10 minutes. And, and, and that, that kind of disparity, you know, from healthy lifestyles, it can't really be squared here. It's really insane, Eric. Uh, you know, and as you said, in a 10 minute time span, they're going to eat about the equivalent of three Thanksgiving meals. Uh, and when you take a look at these people in so-called major league eating, you know, they're not these beer-bellied 300-pound people. Uh, I mean, the women's champion, uh, Mickey Sudo's fighting weight is 135 pounds. And, of course, competitive eating was popularized by the tsunami, the, the slender Japanese sensation, uh, Takaru Kobayashi, 20 years ago. So, you know, th- there is a method to their madness. They, they figure out a way through cleanses and diets and preparation to – uh, ingest this food and keep going back for more. But there's still, uh, you know, a lot of concerns about competitive eating. You're absolutely right, Eric. A lot of uh, critics out there who think it's, you know, uh, can harm their lifestyle and it's potentially deadly. And in fact, last year, three animal rights activists stormed the stage at Nathan's to protest the contest. And one of them was put into a chokehold by Joey Chestnut and thrown to the stage. Yeah. And as this time goes on, you know, we continue to grapple with some of these larger societal issues and the hunger and the malnutrition and and uh, and all of that. Um, but from a media perspective, you almost wonder how Major League Baseball is ultimately going to feel about this, because there's a real sort of a handoff there that ESPN does this midday uh, presentation. And obviously, they're blasting this all over plus and ESPN, two, And there's pregame and the women's competition, the men's competition. And it sort of flows into a then a full day of baseball. You know, and if I'm Rob Manfred, do I really over time want to be next to this thing? <laughs> That's a good question, but you're right. I mean, it, the way this uh, 
event has become so popular that it's really part of the schedule, right? You get up on July 4th, you watch the hot dog eating contest. Hot dog eating contest ends at 12.30, you watch a ball game, America's pastime. After the ball game's over, you have your own barbecue and your own hot dog and your own right. cold beer. So, <laughs> I mean, it just goes – as far as Rob Manfred, that's a great question. I don't know. I think we should ask him because I don't want to speak for him. But uh, to me, I, I think the people who support the contest far outweigh – uh, the people who uh, who don't support the contest, they think of it as just a, a fun uh, family-style event that's perfect for the 4th of July. Well, it was a great read, Mike. I uh, uh, really enjoyed uh, parsing through that, and thanks for coming on. Thank you, Eric. Coming up, we have a great interview with Boston Red Sox outfielder Adam Duvall. Senior writer Owen Poindexter spoke with Adam about his move to Boston, the challenges of being diagnosed with type 1 diabetes early in his baseball career, and the work he's doing to make insulin affordable for those who need it. We'll have that conversation up next. All right, I am joined now by Boston Red Sox center fielder Adam Duvall. Welcome, Adam. How's it going? Great, great to have you. So, got a new team, got an injury at the start of the season, but how's it been settling in uh, with the Red Sox? Uh, it's been great. Um, you know, they did a great job, uh, once I got on board to kind of get me acclimated with everything. Um, and you know, so it's been great. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's really a special place to play. And, um, you know, I've had a lot of fun this season this far. And for someone who, you know, you've been around for a little while, you've been on a few different teams. What does it mean to get acclimated to a new team? Yeah. So, uh, you know, there's, uh, you know, there's different ways of doing things. Every team kind of does, has their own way of doing it and um, their, their own way of thinking about, um, you know, how to, whether it's score runs or play defense and um, different schemes. So I think getting acclimated with uh, the type of play um, and, and then obviously the, you know, figuring out where everything's at, where's the, where's the gym, where's the food room, you know, those types of things. And, and Fenway is definitely a unique uh, place in that because it seems like you have to take a little hallway to each and every room. So uh, just getting acclimated with uh, where you're supposed to be and different meetings and those types of things. So Right. And the outfield in Fenway is yeah. unique in baseball. Um, exactly. Does it feel like you're in a hundred year old stadium when you're there or, uh, or is it kind of, like anything no, else. it does. It does. It, 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 and it, and I say that in a good way. Um, you know, it just feels like there's a lot of character, uh, you know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of players that have played there before you and, um, you know, with running out on Fenway is a pretty cool experience. Um, you know, and being able to do that, uh, every week is, is, is pretty cool. And, um, you know, I don't take that for granted. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So obviously, we've got some new rules in baseball this year. There's been a lot of attention on how it's affected pitchers for obvious reasons. But what's it like being a hitter, you know, with the clock and everything else? You know, that's something I'm dealing with right now, because, uh, you know, being hurt first, you know, seven weeks and coming back, uh, that's something that I've had to readjust to, I think, you know, in spring training, I got adjusted to it got used to it, um, and then had that kind of break. And, uh, so now that's something that, um, you know, I'm starting to get acclimated to again. So, but, you know, with the pace of play, I, I think it's been great for the game. It's, um, 
it's been great for my legs, uh, not, not having to stand around as long in the outfield. And, um, you know, I think that's, uh, that's, I think that's big for injuries and, and being able to recover. And, you know, the season's such a grind. We play 162 games day after day after day, you know, with very few off days. So, um, you know, I think uh, the pace of play and, and um, the action that we're getting during that play is, 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 uh, has been good. Yeah, honestly, for all the chewing over these new rules, what they mean, how they affect the game, I had not thought or even heard of anyone mentioned just standing. <laughs> it means less standing for you guys. So, yeah, yeah that's, that's got to be a good thing. Do you have a favorite or least favorite new rule, or is it all just kind of coming at you? Uh, no, I mean, it's uh, it, it's there's always a learning curve. Uh, you know, there's going to be uh, teams that try to exploit them. Um, and so... Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're just new rules. Uh, you get used to them and then you don't even think about them again. So, uh, once you get to that point, it's good. Sure. Absolutely. So one thing I learned about you very recently is that you were diagnosed with type one diabetes in college, obviously curious how that's affected your, your life, your career, your playing career, but also how's that affected your life as a person? What does that mean for you? Yeah. Uh, you know, I got diagnosed in 2012. Um, uh, I was actually going into my high year, uh, okay. high season, um, with, with, with the San Francisco giants, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's a lot to take in. It was, uh, kind of a punch in the face a little bit at first. And, um, because I wasn't really aware of the disease, I wasn't aware of what it meant. Um, and so, you know, there was a, there was a big learning curve that I had to, uh, kind of, uh, take in and, um, you know, try and do as much research as I could and, uh, trying to, uh, educate myself on it and how to deal with it, especially just going into uh, a new season. So, um, that was, uh, that was kind of the process there. Did it shape what kind of player you became in any way or what, what you could do, what you couldn't do? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think, uh, you know, my mindset was just, okay, how am I going to be the best player you know, that I can be still dealing with diabetes. And, you know, for me, that was trying to educate myself and trying to learn as, as quick as I could kind of learn on the fly because I got diagnosed maybe a week or so before the season started. So, um, it was, uh, you know, there was a, the, there was a lot to learn in a little amount of time. So, um, you know, that was my mindset towards that. Yeah, right. I'm sure there's already plenty on your mind before you, you had that right. all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, and you have this for, for your life. Uh, and yeah. Now you're educating other people, you're raising awareness to other people about the condition and, and you know, how they can treat it. So tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah, so uh, this is something obviously dear to my heart, living with it every single day, uh, 24-7. And, uh, you know, so I'm super excited about this. Um, I'm partnering with Lily um, in an effort to increase awareness of insulin affordability, um, you know, for those uh, who might not be able to afford insulin. Um, and so, um, you know, I think it's, uh, let's just say I couldn't, I couldn't imagine dealing um, with diabetes without um, insulin. Um, you know, it's something that we rely on 24 seven. So, um, you know, we're running a campaign right now on uh, Instagram and Facebook. Um, there's a filter, it's hashtag tap the cap. Um, and it's a fun way to kind of spread this awareness um, and try to educate people on the availability of this insulin. And, um, you know, I just encourage 
uh, the type one diabetes community um, and even those without type one um, to uh, use this filter to try and spread the word about this. And um, because like I said, it's important that people um, are able to get the insulin that they need um, in order to deal with this disease. Yeah. And for me, honestly, it's a reminder that even in a world where like, for instance, I know that you hurt your wrist earlier this year. If I did more research, I could probably find out how badly you hurt it. And, you know, did it affect your range of motion? All these things that were just, you know, are available to the general public, um, you know, about <laughs> athletes and their bodies, but there's still so much we don't know. We don't know what's going on and you know, all the personal stuff, but also all these other health challenges that people can play through. And so it doesn't show up on the, you know, the IL designation, but obviously, you know, you're human beings, you've got more than just what's going on in the game and what affects you there. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And that's, you know, that's, uh, you know, that's why I'm excited to, you know, I, I feel like I have a platform um, and, and I want to be able to use that. Um, and, you know, this is one way that I can with partnering with Lily. And, um, you know, that's why I'm excited to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. So before you go, I want to give you a few lightning round questions. There just be a few random questions, some about baseball, some, some not, um, okay. not counting yourself who has the best walk-up music. I like Justin Turner's walk-up music. It's okay. Good. It usually gets the fans. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what song it is, but uh, it's uh, you know, the fans usually are pretty engaged. Nice. All right. I'll, I'll look out for that. Uh, what's your favorite movie? Favorite Forrest Gump. If you were going to start a business with an, another MLB player, who would you pick? Ooh, man, that's a tough one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, First person I've thrown that one at. I was curious how, how yeah, you respond. That's, I don't know. I don't know about that one. All right, I have to all give right. that one more thought. Okay. All right. I'll let you come back to that one. They say all you right. don't do business with your family and friends. So I don't okay. Know. Yeah. No, that's, <laughs> that's, that's fair. <laughs> Following that up with another not an easy one. Um, if you're MLB commissioner for a day, if you had, you know, one one shot with a magic wand, what would you do? One shot with magic wand. Um, I would uh I would eliminate the quick pitch. Yeah, and just for our audience, what is the quick pitch? The quick pitch is uh, when nobody when nobody is on, um, not having to come set and just kind of act like you're coming set, and then quick. It's it's a way to kind of get the hitter or surprise the hitter um, and get them off balance. All right, all right. And last one, uh, give me a favorite moment from just an ordinary game, not a playoff game. You know, not one where you clinch the division. Just you're, you're one of the 162 games that you play a year. Just something that stands out for you. Um, I think it would probably be robbing a home run. Um, mm, yeah. Just, you know, I take pride in, uh, you know, trying to help the pitcher out as much as I can because I know they're, you know, they're out there working their tails off. Um, and so, uh, you know, being able to rob a home run and take away that, um, you know, I know means a lot to them. Um, so uh, being able to do that's pretty fun. All right. Very cool. Adam Duvall, thanks so much for joining us on the show. All right. Thanks for having me. That's all for today. Thanks again to Adam Duvall for coming on the show. And thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating and review on the podcast platform of your choice. We're even available on YouTube at Front Office Sports Today. Owen will be picking it back up tomorrow. So until next time, see you soon.